It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Go Birds! Go Birds! Hey, hello. It is the Go Birds podcast presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. The Parks Picks Pod. Elliot Shore, Parks, James Seltzer with you. E, I, I, look, it was, uh, as you said, as you tweeted, tension in the air. You could cut it with a knife. The Eagles were going for perfection. Did they get there? 4-0. They did it. <laughs> we did Four it, man. Oh. We did it. We did it. When's the parade? Has it been set or no date yet? As the official record keeper of joint practices, I notice everyone says they're 4-0 now. I, it did become I, a thing. I'll say that. It became a th- much more of a thing than I expected. It did. It did. So, yeah, I mean, look, they went to 4-0. Uh, we'll recap the practice before we get into the game and, of course, the never-ending debate on whether the starters should play or not. But, uh, you know, the, the start to practice the, the second day against the Jets, it was close for the, for the majority of it. I mean, I would say that the Jets – you know, they, they played much better than they did on day one. There was one drill, uh, red zone drill, where the Eagles tried to run it in three times in a row from the two-yard line and weren't able to get it in. Now, I will say, if there's one strength of this Jets team, it is Quentin Williams in the middle of that defensive line. So, again, they, they should still uh, – the Eagles should still be able to do it. But if you're going to run it one place, running at Quentin Williams and C.J. Mosley, not the best place to do it. So they did it three times in a row and weren't able – to get it in. And at that point I was thinking, you know what? Like they might go three Oh and one, like they might, they might have a tie on oh, their, on their point practice record, which would have been devastating. Not, not as cool for the, for the flag. Yeah. But the tweets don't work as well. In, no, they in don't. Case. No. Yeah. So the final, the final <laughs> practice, the final part of the day though, they did situational football is actually the same situation, which I'm sure isn't a coincidence, but the same situation, Nick Sirianni had the team practice at the indoor facility on Sunday, down eight, 45 seconds to go at the 25 yard line. So 25 yards out from the, uh, from the, from the touchdown or the end zone. So uh, the first team offense went up. Um, Jalen hurts actually threw two touchdowns on the drive. The first one, they said he was sacked, but, I thought it was relatively close, but regardless, he rolled out and hit Quez Watkins in the back of the end zone. Really nice pass uh, on the move. Quez Watkins got his feet in, and the whole team started to celebrate, and then they said that Jalen Hurts was sacked, so they moved him to third and eight. They got the first down, 
And then Jalen Hurts threw a touchdown to Greg Ward over the middle uh, to pull within two. And then his last pass of the day was a two-point conversion to Devontae Smith, who beat his guy. It looked like tight coverage. It was on the, on the other side of the end zone, so it was a little tough for me to see. But Devontae beat the coverage, got the ball, and then spiked it, and the whole team went wild. So the first-team offense got the job done, and then the first-team defense just – as has been the case throughout camp or throughout the two-day practice against the Jets, just gave the Jets nothing. I mean, I think they forced them three and out. They might have had one completion if I'm not actually if I, if I remember correctly. But regardless, they didn't come close to scoring. So once the first team offense won that drill, the second team, uh, the first team defense won the drill, and then the second team offense scored on the Jets in two plays. That was it. It was game over. They won and they go to four and out. Okay, I have one. Incredibly important question here. Um, you've covered the Eagles for a while, right? Um, yes. Like nine years, almost a decade, something like that. Um, which is wild. Which is wild. And you've seen a lot of great stuff. You know, you've seen playoff wins. You were at the Super Bowl in Minnesota. Was this the best moment you were there live for, the 4-0 in the, in the turn practices, or is it just below the Super Bowl? Like, how close yeah. is it on a scale, so to speak? Right. Look, I know. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be serious about it for a second. I love that you, you you did. You said you're like, right, let me get into this. And I was like, thank you for taking that seriously. I really appreciate yeah. it. I'll take it seriously. Um, I mean, probably just below the NFC championship. I think game. that's fair. Like yeah. ju- just yeah. above beating the Falcons. Because, I mean, you know, just the Wasn't divisional exciting. round, just the yeah. divisional round. <laughs> you know, no biggie. Okay, good. I'm happy we cleared that up. All right. One more yeah. question about the joint practices. And then I want to argue with you. Um can't wait. No, we were looking forward to it. It'll be good. Um, overall, like they're done and, you know, 4-0 and all that. We could joke or we can, you know, take it seriously. Whatever. Who cares? People look at it however they want to look at it. But your overall takeaway, these joint practices are done and we're going to get into it. But I think both of us think we won't see much of the starters, if any, on Friday night is I would assume where you're at. I know that's where I'm at. So likely the last real chunk you'll see of the starters versus the starters in these joint practices, your macro overall view coming out of these joint practices about the team. Do you feel better about them? Do you feel worse about them? What is your overall feel with these joint practices now done? Well, what's funny is we actually had someone leave a podcast review, five stars that said we use the term macro a lot and I never picked (laughs) up on it, but it is true. I do do say, you know what? Thank you for pointing that out. I will, uh, I will work on my, my uh, lexicon, try and add to it. No, no, no. I think we should keep using it. It's a good word. Oh, I like that. Okay. (laughs) We do. It's good. Good looking Um, out. That's listening closely right there. So here's my overall micro listening, not some macro listening. How about that? How about that? There you go. I don't, I don't even know if that um, worked, but I, I went for it. We'll just use it all the time now. Yes. Macro, micro. All right. Here's my overall thought on where the team is. Now, you have to realize coming into this, I had higher, higher expectations than other people did. So it could be that if you talked to other beat reporters that thought the team was going to be bad, they have might they might have more of a reaction of like, wow, the team's better than I thought. So my thought of the overall roster is, It's a talented roster. The offense and defensive line are going to be very good. The defensive line is probably better than even I thought, and I've been saying that they have a top 10 defensive line slash great defensive line. Javon Hargrave looks like he's going to absolutely dominate. Josh Sweat had a big uh, summer. And then Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham are still both very, very good players. So I think the defensive line is going to be elite. Like I think they'll have a top five defensive line in a pass rush, in terms of a pass rush this year. The offensive line... 
you know, health is, of course, an issue. But Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey all made it through camp healthy. The right side of the line, or sorry, the left side of the line, it looks like Mylotta will be the left tackle. He's played pretty well. And Sayamala is just a solid guard. Uh, solid guard. So I believe in the lines on this team, which is absolutely huge. But the linebackers were better than I expected. The secondary looked better than I expected. The running backs look really good. Zach Ertz is still here. The receivers, they outplayed expectations. But with them, I'm definitely putting like a let's see it in the regular season before I say the receivers look good. But I do like the vibe of like a regular Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith trio. Like I, I would, I'm very interested to see how that plays out. So I feel very, very good about the roster. I said this with Ike Reese and John Marks. Uh, this team is going to depend on Jalen Hurts. Like Jalen Hurts to me, and I, I'm not even, I don't want to call him a weak link because I don't think he's going to be bad, but he's the biggest unknown. If Jalen Hurts can be a top 15 quarterback this year, which I don't think is that crazy, I think not only can the Eagles make the playoffs, they can win a playoff game. But if Jalen Hurts is a, you know, 25 to 30 quarterback, then the the Ross the talent is not good enough around him to carry him. Like the defense will be good, but they don't have a receiver that can kind of carry him. So it's all going to be on Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to be very good. I think this team is going to make the playoffs. But that's kind of where I see it. It's a large variance, but the roster is definitely much better than people think. Yeah, I I, I just you know I flat out disagree with that. I, I think that uh, obviously we've talked a lot about, and you don't seem to care as much as I do about the depth on the roster. But I think the depth is bad. And I, I think the roster, I think the biggest thing, and I, I feel like I haven't um, uh, kind of emphasized this enough, is is the problem with the roster, I think, on, on a bigger sense, I didn't say macro there. Macro, yeah, a macro sense. Is the lack of blue chip players. You know, like there are guys who are fine, there are guys who are talented, you know, there are some, some, some players you would consider among the top players at their positions, but this team lacks blue chip talent players. Like they lack guys who are top five, top ten players at their position. They have a few who you would, be in the discussion, but like when ESPN did that list of the top ten in each position, there was what right, four four Eagles on the list. Um, and I would argue that Jason Kelsey is a top ten center. I think they're wrong about that, but but on the whole, I really think that that this team lacks blue chip talent, and I think that's going to be a problem because a lot of other teams do have blue chip talent. So I, I do, so, I think that's going to be an issue. I, I I don't disagree with you on that. I think they have guys that could turn into blue chip talent this year. Like if you told me at the end of the year, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, uh, you know, Josh Sweat, Javon Hargrave, like I think they have guys that can be blue chip talent. But so I'm not even completely disagreeing with you, but I think where we differ is I look at the roster and I see a lot of like maybe not a lot of tens, but a lot of like seven and a half eights, right? Like like when you look at their starting 22, there's not a lot of weak points in that in the in the starting 22. The the real only weak points are unknowns. Like there's not players you point at and you go like, okay, he's bad. Like yeah, we don't know if Jalen Hurts is good or not, but you wouldn't point him and be like, okay, he's bad. Like there's not anyone I would say in the starting 22. Uh, you could argue next to Anthony Harris because Rodney McLeod's not playing, but overall they don't have anybody that I think is straight up bad. And also when it comes to the depth. I do see your point, like I do, that the depth is not good. And I don't know the answer to this question because I haven't studied the rosters of all 31 other teams. But I'd just be very interested to know how many teams feel really good about their depth going into the season. Like I agree, if the Eagles suffer injuries at multiple spots, they're screwed. But I think that you could probably say that for the vast majority of teams. I don't think it's the majority. I think there are teams you can say it for. I don't think it's the vast majority. I mean, again, like teams lose guys every year. 
right? And and some teams are able to weather it and others aren't. The Eagles in the past have been able to. And we saw last year that they couldn't. And I'm concerned that they they don't have enough depth to do it this year. Like, I, again, like, I understand what you're saying, but, like, I don't know. The Patriots' backups look better than the Eagles' backups. The Steelers' backups look better than the Eagles' backups. That's two out of two who look better than the Eagles' backups. Yeah. And, like, at times, like, way better than the Eagles' backups. So, you know. And again, like, look, you're right. We don't take the time to study every roster. But as much as we want to, you know, earmuffs, shit on all the national guys who hate on the Eagles, like, that's their job. Like, their job is to look at all the rosters and say, hey, guess what? The Eagles are the 29th most talented roster, top to bottom. The Eagles are the 27th most talented roster, top to bottom. And I agree. Those guys aren't always right. They can be wrong. and, And I do see the way, as I've said, where this season could go in a better direction. I just I do think that that we can't just ignore that stuff and say like they're wrong. Like No, oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, we we talked about this and you know, I think those lists are mostly made almost solely off of like quarterback and head coach, but but yes, you're right. And and look, the depth is a problem. But we'll see how much they have to use it. Like that's what the season's going to come down to, right? If they stay healthy, I think they're going to be a, a very good team. If they start to get injured at a lot of spots, things could definitely fall apart. All right, let's get into this preseason game. Let's first start. It is the Parks Pick Spot. I want to quickly talk about the line and and make a bet, and then we're going to get into the whether the players should play because I think it all kind of goes hand in hand. But but quickly, uh, if you do are of the uh, proclivity to bet on mm. on preseason football, you like that one. Yeah, uh, don't know what it means, but it sounds <laughs> if good. you're if you're inclined to bet on okay. preseason football, the Jets come into this one as a four point favorite, Elliot. On this one, the line, uh, the over under is quite low. Uh, you can bet on it on the Parks app at either thirty three and a half or thirty four. So you can choose either line that you want to take there. Um, what do you think about those numbers, both the the line itself and the over under? Well, at first when I heard it, I was surprised, but then I remember the Eagles lost the last game 35 to nothing. So, <laughs> so, you know, I think this is you bet the Jets here. I don't think the starters are going to play. Even if they do play, the chances of them having an actual impact in the outcome of the game are pretty slim. I mean, look, the Jets' second half of the roster is also really bad. Like, the Eagles' second and third team dominated them at practice this week, but the Eagles are not trying to win preseason games. Like, they're actively trying to be bad in the preseason games. They're not playing anybody that matters, and they're not running any of their plays. So four, I guess, is a lot of points, but I would not bet on the Eagles to win a preseason game because they've told us time and time again they don't care about them, and I'm not going to bet on a side that doesn't care about it. Yeah, I absolutely would bet on the Jets in this one. The Jets have played Zach Wilson already in the preseason. I think there's a decent chance he at least plays some in this game. And to your point, I think the Jets just care more about winning. I think the Eagles literally don't care. They're like you said, the plays have been like it's beyond vanilla. Like they're not even. It's it's like Pop Warner type plays. It looks right. like so. Um, yeah, I I think the Eagles lose. I would lay the points. I, I I I don't know if I can bet on the Jets minus four in any game ever. Like I just don't Fair. know if I can actually pull the trigger on that bet. But I agree. If I were going to bet on this game, I would bet on them. And I actually like the over-under better. I would take the under. I think the under is a great bet here. Well, to the points like you made, 33 and a half or 34. Look, they, my, so my my buddy on the Parks app bet on the, uh, the over-under for the last game, and it was 30, uh, 39 yeah, or whatever. Was... And I was actually watching the game with him, and the Patriots just kept scoring. And I was like, dude, not going to lie to you, I will laugh really hard if you lose this bet without the Eagles scoring. <laughs> It's I, was like, I was like, dude, if I could have told you coming into this game 
that the Eagles would not score any points. He's like, I would have bet every dollar I had on the under. He's like, I would have bet my house on the under. And I'm like, and it would have been a smart bet. And they still won, but it was pretty funny how close it came. Uh, I feel good about the under. I, I think uh, I don't think there's going to be a ton of offense in this and- and that story is exactly why you bet on preseason. People <laughs> listen. People listen to that and they say, oh, "That's why you don't bet." No, it's exactly why you do. What because a ride! Of stories right? like this. What a ride! Yeah, you got to bet Friday night. Like, look, look. If you're gonna sit home and watch the game, don't bet it. Don't bet enough where it really matters. Yeah, but like, five ten bucks and place a fun bet on the game because it's a silly game and it'll be fun to follow. I I actually agree with you, Elliot. Don't don't bet it seriously. Like, I need to win this. Say, you know what? If I lose five or ten bucks tonight, it's all good. It's what I'm paying to watch an Eagles game tonight. That's and honestly, you should probably never place a bet where you need to, get to win it. <laughs> it's a good but, point. It's a good point. All right, uh, I, have a, I have a backup question for you. Ooh, love it. Yes, yes, please. So you said something there, which I think is very true, that they are running an extremely vanilla offense, and we both agree they're not trying to win. Does that impact how you look at the backups at all? Because not, presumably, not if these much, guys, well, hold on. presumably, if these guys had to play, the Eagles will be running like, but you the know, other teams aren't running plays either. Like it's really okay, just, I'll just beat curious. your dude in front of you. So, no, okay. I, and maybe their Eagles are slightly more vanilla, but so maybe on the the tiniest bit it does, but not in a big way. Okay, fair All right. enough. All right, I want to get to uh, who should play, how much they should play. I know we're gonna disagree on it, but first, the moment that everyone's waiting for, download the Park Sportsbook app so you can be a part of this too. We've been waiting all week. You got to download the Park Sportsbook app so that you could start betting on soccer with us. Elliot, we teased it in the last pod. We said, get ready. Elliot's soccer picks are coming up in the next pod. Elliot, people should download the Park Sportsbook app. I'm going to tell them about a great deal they can get in just a minute, but tell them what they should be betting on, buddy. All right. So I put together two parlays. You know we love the Parks parlays. Our move. One is, one's a four-teamer, and the other one is a five-teamer. Whoa. So we're getting, oh, buddy. We're getting silly this weekend. I love All it. All right. So the four-teamer. I like Chelsea plus 190 over Liverpool. Chelsea's expected goal, like giving up, is less than one per game, and they're scoring. They're supposed to be scoring close to five per game. So their expected goals are just off the charts. Liverpool, it is in Liverpool, which is a little worrisome, but Chelsea has Lukaku now, and they're playing really well. So I think that that's a good win. West Ham over Crystal Palace. West Ham's dominating. Crystal Palace is trash. West Ham's favorited, but because they're in a parlay, it it adds to it because they're like the fourth team. Uh, Tottenham over Watford. Harry Kane's back this weekend. Tottenham's playing really well. They're at home, so I like them. Newcastle, this one's close, but Newcastle over Southampton. Southampton's coming off, off of a tie over Manchester United, so I think they're being hyped up a little bit. I don't think they're that good. Newcastle, I just think, has a better roster. So... If you do those four teams, Chelsea, I love this, by West the way. Ham. I love you Chelsea. breaking down the roster. This is phenomenal. Yeah, so we just do a, a soccer. Uh, I know. A football. I know. Look, we, it is a football pod. You're right. right. All, right. All right, so lay it okay. out. Do it again. So what's the so, four? Chelsea, West Ham, Tottenham, and Newcastle. You bet those four, you get it at plus 1470. Whoa, buddy. Hey, now. Right. Here, here's where it gets wild. If you really want to enjoy your weekend. And there's no Eagles live tweeting this weekend because they're not practicing. So you have time. All right. If you add Everton at plus 215 over Brighton. Oh, so a dog. You're throwing a dog in here. I'm throwing a dog. But I think Everton is the better team. Brighton is good, but they've started off really hot. I think they're going to cool off a little bit. Everton plus 215. If you add that, you go up to 4,800. Buddy. 
plus 4,800. So let's say, all right, so let's say you were to take $10, you're winning 485. If you're doing $25, you're winning 1,200. I will be placing this bet. I'm going to go wild and do the 4,800. Let's live a little. Let's place a parks parlay. If you do it, let me know and we'll follow it together. I I love it. I will do it with you as well. When when uh, what game? When did the game start? So they start Saturday, and I believe one of these is on Sunday. Okay. So, so you got to text yeah. text me these teams again. I will make this bet with you. I'm okay. In. We're gonna do it. We're gonna have some fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna post them on my Instagram too. And then everyone can check us out Saturday one to three. On WIP, Elliot and I will be watching soccer before. We'll be watching soccer after. Check us out. It'll be great. And and to everyone, if you want to place these bets right now with the Park Sportsbook app, you can do it. You just need to download the app. And and the beautiful thing is you can bet on anything and everything. It's not just soccer. Obviously, football futures are coming up. You can bet on who's going to win it all. You can bet on division champs, all that type of stuff. And, of course, baseball's in full swing, MMA, golf, all these things. You can bet while you watch. You can live in-game action. You can bet on individual player performances. Anything and everything, props, parlays, teasers, spreads, over, unders, all of it. The app is fun, it's easy to use, it's intuitive. And here's the deal. If you sign up right now, you get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Here's what you do. Just download the app or click parkscasino.com forward slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Risk-free bet is refunded in the site. Credit the website has all the details. You must be 21 in President Pennsylvania gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Elliot, let's get into it. Um, you and I are going to disagree on this. I already know it. Let's just get into it. I think the Eagles have been making a huge mistake this entire preseason not playing their players. Right. And and we are flipping because this is the opposite of the argument in the past. I'm usually the one being like, oh, preseason doesn't matter. Don't play these guys. It matters. I was wrong. And I was certainly wrong with a bunch of young guys with a brand new coach and a new team like I need Jalen Hurts to play. This guy doesn't have that many reps in, in the NFL, and he certainly doesn't have that many reps taking snaps from Jason Kelsey. He doesn't have that many reps throwing the ball to Devontae Smith or to any of these guys. Like, they need reps, man. And I know you guys talk about these joint practices and how intense they are and all that. They're still practices. As I talked about in the last pod, it's something John Ritchie keeps harping on. Any of these former players, they tell you the same thing, like, I'm sorry. I don't care if it's a, a competitive practice. It's practice. Like, I just don't look at it the same way. Right. And those players don't look at it the same way. I think they're making a huge mistake, especially with Nick Sirianni coming in with this whole ethos of competition and toughness and fighting and these core values. And then you're just not going to play the guys in the preseason? Really? Like, it feels like it goes against everything that he stands for as a coach. And I know we'll get into the Howie and, Rose, uh, Howie and Lori part of that because – that's another issue that Marcus Hayes came out with today. We'll get into that, but but just on a basic sense, I think these guys need to play, and I think it's a massive, massive mistake, especially with the season not starting for two weeks after this game on Friday night. Like, I just think they're not going to be ready to start the season. I really do. Yeah, look, they could lose to Atlanta week one. Now, granted, I've guaranteed a win. I was just so about to say, uh-oh. Uh-oh. But I think like what we're what we're setting ourselves up for is if they lose week one, people are going to say, oh, well, look, they should have played in the preseason. Mm-hmm. There, there's a chance they could lose week one and, ju- and it's just because they're not as good as I think they are. And they're just a bad team and they're closer to what you are. Right. Like they could have played every snap of the preseason and still lost week one. So I don't think we'll get the answer to whether this was the right or right or wrong call for a few weeks into the season. Like if they gradually get better then yeah, maybe playing the preseason would have helped. But I would like you to look back to last year, last year in week one against Washington, right? Coming off of, they didn't have, they didn't have a preseason, but regardless, 
they they were missing seven starters for that game. In week one, started the season, they were missing seven of their starters due to injury. This year, if you want to include Rodney McLeod as a starter, they're missing one starter. If you want to just include the players that have been practicing in training camp, they're missing zero starters. So they're way healthier. They've survived 17 practices, two, two joint practice sessions, two preseason games, without one major injury. So when I look at this final game, like, yes, do, do I want— do I think the Eagles should be as prepared as they can be for week one? In an ideal world, they would play a half. Nobody would get hurt, right? But the the advantage at this point is so small to me that it does not outweigh the risk of getting these guys hurt. It's more important that they get healthy to week one and then you let the chips fall where they may. But ultimately, and like I hear John Ritchie say it, right? And obviously I respect Ritchie. But a lot of like these older players would probably still do two-a-day practices for training camp. Like it, the the game has changed. Like it just it is not what it is anymore. They like they don't they don't hit in camp at all, right? So I I just think that like playing them in these preseason games, it just feels like the only logic for it is oh well it'll, it'll toughen them up and get them ready. But like they're not gonna play a lot, and it just it's meaningless to me. Like I think preseason will be gone in probably two or three years, if not only one game, right? Like. So I just don't want to risk the injury if I'm the Eagles. I think they're making the right decision. Yeah, I, it's an overcorrection. And, and yet again, we talk about it all the time with Howie, right? The overcorrections from Howie. You know, the, oh, they're not fast enough. Let's go just get a bunch of fast guys, this, that. It's an overcorrection. The injuries the last few years, I feel like they are going way too far. And again, for Sirianni, like, do you think, all right, let me ask you this. And we'll get to the Marcus Hayes part of it because this ties into that. But, but if it were just Nick Sirianni's decision, do you think he would have handled it this way? I honestly don't know the answer to that. And here's why I'll say it. Because I agree that the competition part of him does not, like, it, that doesn't match up with this, right? But Nick Sirianni is also, like, a young guy that seems to, like, believe in sports science, believes in analytics. And, like, so I, I could see a world where he says, I want to get my guys to the regular season healthy. Right. And like, and this is my honest answer. I'm not just like trying, you know, like I get we're on different sides of this. And to a certain point, we're like both just defending our points at this point. Like my honest answer is I don't know what Sirianni would do because I do think it makes sense not to play them like I do. And I think Sirianni's talked about it, about how like he wasn't even here last year and he talks about the injuries they went through. And like there are a lot of veterans on this team. I mean, let me ask you this. Do you think the players want to play in the preseason game like the starters? I don't know. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. Took 33, 30, played 33 snaps the other day. I mean, Tom Brady played a whole half or whatever, a quarter or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, when I see the best of the best wanting to play in the preseason and, and asking to play in the preseason with great coaches like Andy Reid playing his guys in the preseason, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. right? I mean, how do, how do you kind of counter that if you're the Eagles with a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, who we can agree, right? Like, whether or not the, this specific, the injury part of preseason, like Jalen Hurts needs every rep he can get in life, right? Like clearly, as a quarterback in the NFL, every rep that he can get is a good rep for him. He needs reps. And I understand the injury part of him. I'm just saying on a basic level, yeah, every rep right. he gets is good for this guy because he has not had many reps in this Same situation. Same for Quez Watkins. Same right. for all, for the all these guys. And like, but Patrick Mahomes doesn't. But he's out there saying, I want to play in the preseason. I want to get sharp. I want to be ready. So like, I don't know. I do that. That bothers me. Like, I think that these guys need reps. And and as much as they want to say the joint practice reps are game reps, they're not game reps. They're just not. They're not tackling. Like, that does matter. So right. I, I, I I understand your point, And I want them to be healthy, too. But, like, I also think, and this is something else that, that Richie and other players have talked about, is that you can get hurt 
because you're not ready to play. Like, that could be another issue where these guys aren't fully ready to, to play a full, like, you know, violent game because they're not prepared for it. I mean, it could, it could spin the other way. We don't know. I think it's football. And players are going to get hurt when they're going to get hurt. And I, I just I don't think playing the guys in a quarter of a preseason game is that big a risk compared to playing them in week one. They could get hurt in week one. It's football. They're football players. Let them play football. Well, all right. So let me ask you this because we've had this debate. We know where we stand on it. Like, and this has probably been, I would say, of all the training camps I've covered, I feel like maybe because I'm living it now, but I feel like this might be like the most debated thing I can remember. Like well, outside of part like, of you it's know, they sign a receiver I think part like, of it's because they're this is like the most youngest, inexperienced group they've had, you know? And they're not playing at all. Right. Like at all. Right. Much. So let me ask you this. A month from now, the Eagles will be three or four games into their season. Like, how how do we know who was right here? Like, for you, what would prove to you, like, wow, they should have played them? Or what would prove to you, wow, I guess they really didn't need to? Like, that's well, what I'm curious uh, to about. Your point, to your point, to your point. there's a right answer. No, like, well, I don't, I don't think you can prove that you should have played them because, to your point, I think most people think they're not going to be that good. I think you're more – and I know it's kind of changed and we get ourselves excited when the season starts and everyone kind of gets more excited and stuff. But I think for the most part, the the if we go – the combination of national and local opinion – I think more people are not expecting them to be a playoff team than are expecting them to. So I think if they're bad, you know, it's a combination of, oh, it's just a bad roster. It's hard to tell. I think if they come out firing and they look awesome in the first three games, then that proves your point. So I think your point can be proven. I don't know if mine can be proven this year. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no, I agree. The other part of it is they could play them all preseason, right? Like do what people want, like what you want. And then Jalen Hurts could break his ankle the first snap of the year, like the first snap. Or yep. they could not play him at all, and he could do it too. So I, I just, I just don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to this. Ultimately, like, and maybe that means it doesn't matter. I mean, I think there probably much. is a right or wrong answer, but to your point, I don't think we'll be able to know if there is a right or wrong answer with the. And that's the frustrating yeah. part. It's super we're going to spend so long debating this, and it's like you know who, like, there's no answer to it. Like uh, you know, we'll, we'll debate things all the time, and then it's like pretty clear who was right and who was totally. wrong. Totally. Like. This is just going to fade away into, like, nothingness once the regular season yeah. starts. No, I know. So. I know. Um, so one more aspect to this, and then we'll get out of here. But one more aspect to it. We alluded to it before. Marcus Hayes comes out today with a, a report, basically, that that Howie and, and Lurie have not told Sirianni what to do, but they've encouraged him or strongly encouraged. I can't remember the exact phrasing. It was just encouraged. Just encouraged. Okay. They've encouraged yeah. Nick Sirianni to not play his starters. And, and look, I, uh, I think that we all – I mean, at least us, you know, people who cover the team, people who follow the team closely. I think the vast majority of us did not think this was a Nick Sirianni decision. I've always thought this is a Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie production uh, from top to bottom. I mean, as you know, I think that Nick Sirianni is, for the most part, a puppet still uh, and will be a puppet. So right. I, I none of this surprises me. Um, I know for me, and I'm sure people aren't shocked hearing this, it it, it bothers me a lot. You know, I, you bring right. this guy in to be your head coach, to be this teacher, to be all this all this stuff, and to 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 earn his spot in the locker room with those guys believing him and all that. And you're jerking you're jerking him around. You're making him already not an authority on this. Like he's not making the friggin' decisions. Like so, I, I I hate it. It really really bothers me. It is just another example of what I think is the biggest problem with this organization. And, you know, so that, that's the way I look at it. It's just more evidence of what we've talked about all offseason and what we hoped would change. It isn't changing. It hasn't changed. I don't think it's going to change, and I think it's going to be the biggest problem for this team is Howie and Jeffrey can't keep right. their hands out of it. 
So I think you're taking a lot of leaps here. How right, so? To, to get to get mad about it. So like we we don't know we don't know if Sirianni wants to play these guys or not, right? So in a world where Sirianni says to them, "Look, I want to play them. I don't think they're ready." And Lurie and Howie say no. Like, yes, I would agree that's not good. But we don't know if Sirianni wants to or not. So there's that. But but two, like, I, I, sometimes I think, like, Jeffrey Lurie owns the team and Howie Roseman runs the football operation. So, like, I, I agree that that there are certain decisions Sirianni should make. But I feel like it's gotten to the point where whenever Howie or Lurie are involved, people get upset about it. Like, Lurie... It owns the team. Like Howie Roseman has been in the NFL and like has made these type of decisions longer than Sirianni has. And like ultimately, because now this is preference, like because I believe they're making the right decision, I don't see a problem here because I don't want like some ultra competitive guy that's like we have to win every snap running these players into the ground in preseason games. So like it, it, if if Sirianni wants to play them. And there and Lurie's not letting him. Like that's that's a debate, right? Like I could I could see that debate, but we don't know if that's true. And then also like they're allowed to be in in on these decisions. And you know it is a big decision. Like whether or not to put these players out there in, in preseason games is a big decision. We're not talking about like the the rotation at backup linebacker. Like right, like whether or not to put. And I hate to call them assets, but like that's kind of what they are. Like the players, like whether or not to put these like million dollar investments out there in the preseason is a big decision. So I, I actually don't have a problem with Lurie and How Lurie and Rose and Howie being in on the meeting where they make this decision. Now we don't know if they made the final decision, but like I, I am okay with everybody talking about it and coming to a decision. Yeah, I look, I think they made the decision. That's my guess at how this played out. Regardless, like you hire a head coach to make these decisions. That's why you hired the guy. And, and that's the problem with these two is, like, they don't let head coaches make head coaching decisions. And I guarantee you, I know we don't know yet, but if I had to bet my life one way or the other, I'd bet it on Howie choosing the 53 every week. And I mean, on choosing the, oh, yeah, the 46 for sure. every week. Definitely he's going to choose the 53. He's going to choose the active roster. He's going to do all these things. That's why you hire a head coach. That is a head yeah, but, coach's but how many job. How coaches pick the 53? How many head coaches picked the 46 on game day? Well, I would guess different. the vast. I think Howie's picking that too. He did with Doug. Why wouldn't he do it with Sirianni? They're still involved. They're still doing this stuff. Like, why right. wouldn't he? So, yeah, I, it's a massive problem for me. A massive problem. And it's just, again, it's maybe it's not as big a deal about the specifics. Should they play or should they not in the preseason? Because I, I I understand that, that you know, you're going to have decisions about not getting guys hurt and all that stuff. But, but it's just it's just another example of this, man. Like, you didn't think Sirianni was hired to be a puppet. I did. This evidence leads towards he's a puppet. And it's just one after the other. And I that's a problem, man. That's yeah, but a problem. You're assuming he wants to play them. Hey, dude, I mean, look. I'm we, just saying, like, you are, right? Because like sure. if, if, if because if he doesn't want to play them, then he's not being a puppet here. Then they're all on the same page, right? Well, so why, it's a big why, do, why do they have to encourage him if he doesn't want to play him? Like, why are they even going to him and saying, hey, we don't want you to play him if he's not going to play him anyway? Like, the whole point that they yeah, encourage him yeah. leans towards, hey, I wanted to play my guys, but Jeffrey and Howie said, you know what, probably shouldn't, so I didn't. Like, that's that's yeah. what it implies. Well, then how, how much could he really believe? I don't know. Like, we can go back, like, you know. How you much can he really believe? He'll do whatever they scenario. tell him. That's the point of a puppet. That's my problem. That's the point. Like, it's that the head coach of the football team is not making head coach decisions. That's my problem. Right. But And I'm not, and I'm really not trying to, like, 
to like go a thousand different directions to like back this up. I just ultimately think like if they're making the right decision at the end, and this has kind of been my ultimate point with Howie and Lurie when like we've had this debate about a number of different issues. Like last season was ugly for sure, but ultimately over their tenure, they've been one of the best run franchises or best in terms of results, one of the better franchises in the league. So like ultimately we can, you know, discuss how the sausage is made, but at the end of the day, you know, they're making like the team is healthy. Like we they're one coming is off here four, and 11 and one. You can't do the whole, they've been great forever. They're coming off a, a, a disastrous season with the, the n- by far the most noise around Howie and Jeffrey and their involvement right. and what they're doing. Like this is new. This is not like, well, we've always said this, like Howie we've had issues with and it's gone back and forth and all that. But like, like this specific thing, Howie and Jeffrey are too involved in player personnel is new. And that's a real problem, man. Like, I think that's a real problem. You think it's not, but that, that, this is just right. for people like yeah. me, people who agree with me, which I think there are a lot of Eagles fans who feel this way. This story is concerning. And, it, and it's just another step down that road. Toward, I mean, you remember, like, that was the whole reason I don't even like Josh McDaniels. The only reason I wanted them to hire Josh McDaniels is because I didn't think he'd listen to them, is because I think he'd, he'd say, you know what, I'm that coach of this team, I'm going to make those decisions. Like, I wanted someone in here who's going to stand up to these guys and put them in their place. And and I don't think Nick Sirianni is. I think Nick Sirianni, if Howie says, I think you should do this, Nick Sirianni's like, yes, sir. That's what I think happens. Yeah, I, and I don't, right? Like, I, I think that there's certain instances where, like, even the word encourage, like, we want to, like, nitpick that, right? So, like, let's use a, a real-life work example. Let's say I'm torn on what to do. Like, I'm like, all right, I think I should do this. Like, my heart's telling me this, but, like, I'm not really sold. Like, I don't know, Right. And my boss comes to me and says, like, well, I think you should do that one, right? Like, yeah, I'm probably going to do that one, right? So, like, but if it's, but there's a difference between that and then me being like, I am going to do this at my core. This is what I believe. And the boss coming in and saying, Elliot, no, that's not what you're doing, right? Like, so there's very different scenarios there. So, like, encourage could mean, you know, who knows, right? But ultimately what this debate comes down to is this. I believe Howie, Howie Roseman's a good general manager. I believe Jeffrey Lurie is a good owner. And I think the results speak for themselves. I think this season, coming off of a really bad year, it's going to, like, what's the saying you always say about, like, the water or whatever? Water finds its level. Yeah, water finds its level, right? Like, last year was really bad. So I think this year the water will find its level and they'll rebound and they'll be better. And I think the takeaway from this year will be, okay, they're not the disaster we all thought. And so I I understand why you feel that way now. But just at our core where we disagree is I think the track record can speak for itself and you believe that the more recent track record is a sign of bigger problems. And we're going to get that answer this year. Like, flat out, we're going to get the answer. Five or six games in, I could be looking a fool and being like, wow, I was wrong. Like, they're a train wreck for sure, right? So so we'll see, but I just... I don't think I'm not going to call Sirianni a puppet and say that they're doing all these things until I see that it's not working because I think the way they run the franchise does work. I just think they had a really bad quarterback last year and made everything look bad. All right. Check us out on Saturday, one to three on WIP Elliot. We are two weeks away from football games, buddy. Like it's real literally today. It is Thursday, August 26th, two weeks from today. An NFL game will be played. That matters a real game. Oftentimes when people say that, it, to me, I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, we all knew that. But that is legitimately crazy to me. Like, it know, does not feel like right? we should be two weeks away from a, a football game that matters. It's awesome. It's awesome. I cannot wait, and we will have you covered the whole way through. We will obviously be uh, be talking a lot of Eagles heading into this season, and uh, there's a lot of good stuff coming. And, look, Elliot, I've said it many times, and I'll continue to say it. I hope you're right. 
I really, really, really want to be wrong. I pray to God I'm wrong because we desperately need a good football team. Look, <laughs> let, let me say this. I also pray I'm right because it's going to be a super long year for me if I'm not. Like, I, like I said, I've been covering this team for a long time. Like, and I've never like wanted so badly for them to win so that my take can be proven correct. <laughs> you know, like, so we're on the same page there. So it's a, uh, I think the the ethos, the uh, mantra, you know, that for this season, this year, we, you know, we we all remember, we all we got, we all we need. This year, do it for Elliot. Do it for Elliot. There it is. I love it. All right. Check us out one to three on Saturday. We'll be back next week. He's Elliot. I'm James. Talk to you guys soon.